Welcome to Virtually Faithful, the podcast. I'm Katherine Smith, and I started Virtually Faithful in 2018 at a time in my life when I was experiencing great grief and darkness and a lot of change, and I was just searching for other people who were seeking a faith connection in this digital world of ours. And what you'll find here is a safe, peaceful place to share ideas on our faith, our faith in Jesus. My faith, my still small God voice, as I call it, things that pop into my head, people who I love and inspire me, ideas that are burning in my mind. I just want this to be a place that isn't music, it isn't commentary, it's just a safe place to grow closer to God. So welcome to Virtually Faithful, the podcast. Welcome to Virtually Faithful, episode number four. Today we're talking about making tough choices. I have my friend Heather with me, and we've both had to make some tough choices. Hers came in the midst of the pandemic when we were all homeschooling our children, and we getting ready to send those kids back to school. But what happens when you decide, maybe I shouldn't? So let's talk to Heather and see what she has to say. It's so much easier to talk when you have someone to talk to. And this person that I have with me today, I would say in the studio, but we're not. We're in my son's bedroom, let's just be honest, um, is such a dear friend. And she's one of those friends that I only see very seldom, but it doesn't matter. We pick up like we talk to each other 20 times a day. And Heather and I actually tried to podcast. Um, was that? How long ago was oh, that? Oh my goodness. A year and a half ago? Three. Um, Two? Yeah. A while. Pre-COVID. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Pre-COVID. And... It just, life got in the way, and she's far more of a professional at doing this than I am, but I have to thank her for inspiring me to want to do this. So I welcome today Heather Bright. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is my little amateur hour of a podcast, but it's so fun. I it's loved just, it. And I, like I talk about unvirtually Faithful when I, on the Facebook group, I have my God voice and I really don't say anything unless I hear that voice and saying, okay, you should probably say this. You should probably say something. And I've been just kind of diving into lots of different things lately to spill, to spill, to fill my spirit. And, um, which is important this time of year. Oh my this time of year is so gloomy and it's and so hard pandemic on top of it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, this reoccurring theme that just came pounding in my head for the last couple of weeks has been what it's like to make hard choices because mm -hmm. I've been going through the Bible in a year podcast with father Mike Schmitz. And if you're not doing that, I highly recommend it. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Every day you get a podcast. It's amazing. But what I'm learning is that these people in the old Testament, had really hard things happening. I mean, when the fall of man happened, the world was in turmoil and sin was everywhere. And there were 
bad choices all over the place. And the only difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that the Old Testament people were looking for the answer and the New Testament people, which we are, got the answer. They had their Savior come and save them. So now all we have to do is say yes to him. You know what I mean? And follow. And, and follow. That's the so much easier said than done. So that's what our conversation is going to be about today is when we are faced with hard choices. And when the devil attacks us, I think. Yes. Because that happens a lot. Well, and I think the devil sees our weakness when we have a hard choice to make. Yes. I and he comes after us even more at that point. But you and I have both a thing in common that you more recently than I have been faced with really hard choices that are on behalf of our kids yeah. more so than ourselves. And they subsequently have benefited and impacted ourselves. But the choice itself, the impetus of the choice was based on our kids and I think we're not alone in that. And I and I want to talk about that today so that other people have an idea. Not that we did it right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Don't even think for a second that. I'm not sure that I've done a whole lot right. But um, I, I do. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? Yes. And so we have perspective to offer, if nothing else. Absolutely. And, and that, that perspective is a beautiful thing because you can see so much when you look at, at the last year. Yeah. <sighs> and you made it through. And we did. Yes. So your choice has to do with, you. first of all, tell us about your family. Tell us who, where you are and who you are and what your family looks like. We live in a very, very small town in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Moequa. I know you can't say that three times fast, and it's a bizarre name, but anyway. I went to a comedian once that called it Moeaqua, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been able to say Moequa since. It's Moeaqua. Moeaqua. <laughs> Everybody used to tease me. They called me the corn queen and the print, you know, whenever I was in radio and doing different things, everybody would make fun of Moequa because not only was Moequa super small. It was also one of the only dry towns oh. in, in our area. Thank but, God that's not the case anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's my drinking problem now. That's I'm another kidding. show. Yeah, <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but uh, my husband is a firefighter and we have two little girls and we, um, I actually uh, moved to New York City through radio and blah, 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 blah. And moved home. We got married. Long, long story short. We have two little girls. We're Catholic. My husband's a fireman. And um, we were sending them to Catholic school. And we have a wonderful parish in Decatur that we're very vested in. And very vested in the school as well. Mm -hmm. And we always will be. Um, My husband's father was very ill. Mm. And, um, and you can imagine sometimes what my husband sees on a daily basis. Mm. And I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was also another thing that played into our decision. But the pandemic hit, we decided to homeschool our kids. Mm-hmm. So you decided 
everybody decided to homeschool their kids for a while. I mean, we we were forced to homeschool our kids. So in the midst of pandemic homeschooling, you start talking about when they go back to school, when they, you know, when everything goes back to normal. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that when you started saying, I don't know if they should go back to school? I did not. Okay. I, well, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I had the thought that, do I really want them to go back? What is it going to look like? But I also worked at the school. Mm. And so it was, I was even more... Um, rooted. Way more rooted in my friends and my, and my family. Yeah. And so, but my husband felt very strongly about it. And um, so... Where did that come from? Where was that desire for them to be at home for him I still don't know Mm. we've had this is where um uh, the hard decisions come into play because we had a lot of fights about it Mm. we argued about it we um it was very difficult Mm. because when you're when you are faith-based and you do have um a school that you're in that you believe in um you think that it's the end all I did yeah and um, there were problems there, too. Right. Well, there's problems in every mode of education, homeschool, private school, public school. I don't think there's a... There, it isn't perfect, but I don't think... I think that's not perfect for a reason. Yes. Because our kids need to learn that the world is not perfect. No, you can't keep them in a bubble. Yeah. And that was one of the really the difficult things that I had to tried to convince him of, was like, look, they are, they're safe there, but they need to um, experience how to deal with a, a bully, or they need to de- deal with the mean girl, or mm-hmm. they need to deal with real-life situations, otherwise mm-hmm. they're going to be in college, and the world's going to hit them in the face, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It's, it absolutely terrified me, and then at that point, that was um, in June, and different things in our lives started to happen mm-hmm. that became almost funny because um, we're not a young couple <laughs> by, by any means. I, I ended up pregnant. Oh. And so there's, you know, there's a sign. I mean, I am not a fun pregnant person by any means. And of course, I, I lost the, the baby, but it's God's will. But it was another stepping stone in a decision that we made at that point. Yeah. How was that a stepping stone? Where, what, where did that take your mind? Well, I was a, a teaching assistant in kindergarten, and I, um, I can't imagine doing that job pregnant, yeah. just personally, um, yeah. and, and during a pandemic. Yeah. And I still wanted to, though. Yeah. But... I think that that really was like with with Chris being so strongly wanting the girls to be homeschooled. Yeah. At that point, I was like, okay, God's okay. sending me a little voice here. And then the day that I was going to tell my my um, su- supervisor, excuse me, um, is the day that I miscarried, mm. and I prayed to God that morning. Show show me the way. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Mm. At that moment, 
and I'm and I was very 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 lost for a few weeks after that because I really felt that God told me what I needed to do. Yeah. How could I mean how could I take that any other way? Yeah. And yeah. so it was <sighs> insane. Insane. So you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. You miscarried. Did you end up having that conversation with your supervisor anyway? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I did. Yes. And we, you know, and everything is still fine. Yeah. But it's still hard, hard decisions. Yes. Because there were, there were friendships and... So... In that decision, where how did you finally come to the place of middle ground between you and your husband? We went to therapy. Amen. You know what? I, I think we need to shout that from the rooftops because we go to the dentist when our tooth hurts. Yes. And we go get our annual exams done. and But no one ever says, go get your mind checked out. Because our mind is a... It's a living, it's not just an organ that keeps us going. It is, it is part of our soul. It is part of what makes us tick. And it's where the devil is most susceptible to our body. Yes. And I don't have all the answers. Right. I'm hard to live with. I like things a certain way. He likes things a certain way. Um, we needed someone to come in and say, no, you're not communicating right. You're mm-hmm. not saying how you feel. You're hurting this person. You're, you're, you're not saying this correctly. This is how they're taking it. And so what tools did you pull out of that therapy? It's funny because um, we got so much closer and we started talking to each other instead of at each other. I know mm. that sounds so cliche. No, I know what you mean. Well, and that means you were listening, right? That was the difference. Before I was, I was, once again, it's a very, very cl- um, cliche response, but I was listening to respond. I was mm-hmm. listening to one up. Mm-hmm. I was listening to come back at him with, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Mm-hmm. And that is so toxic. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, and then on top of that, we had two little girls that, we're, we're right in the middle of all of that. And that is, I think a lot of families have problems like that. And we're seemingly normal. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. So you made, you found middle ground. Are you still going to therapy? We do every once in a while. Um, it's not, it's been up and down with the pandemic and his yeah. dad has been sick. And so he goes over there three times a day. He was, um, and so that was that was a difference too, to where it was a blessing that the girls were home, because yeah. when he was at the firehouse, I would go over, and um, and we we made the decision, and I'm really glad that we made the decision, but it is a different beast whenever you teach your kids. Yeah. So tell me about that. So mm-hmm. the decisions made, you're you're on board, but it's been a hard road to get there. Is it a, yes. At the very beginning, I loathed him and I was very mad at him. Um, I still loved him and yes. I wanted, I, the vows that we took, divorce is not an option. Yeah. Period. Right. Um, oh, did I think about it? Yeah. But, um, we're working through the 
the problems. Yes. So you, you get there. How do you have the conversation with the girls? We, I had a lot of conversations with them, and here's the problem with a, a conversation with the girls is that, I, yes, I know that they should have input into this decision. They're going to pick going, staying home every time. They like being comfy. They mm. like, and so that's another difficult thing that I've had to deal with mm. is that I need to be their mother. Mm-hmm. I need to make difficult decisions for them, and sometimes those difficult decisions are you need to go to school. You need to go interact with other kids. Mm-hmm. You need to go to PSR. You mm-hmm. need to do this. And um, sometimes Chris is more like, oh, we'll stay home. We'll stay home. We'll stay home. And that's just his safety zone. But they need to get out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stay home. Well, that that's a blessing in some ways because at least you weren't dealing with that emotion going on and your emotion at the same time, right? Yes, I wasn't. And and it made it easier, but in the back of my mind, the hard thing was was that I'm thinking, of course they want to stay home. Mm. That how what a what a terrible mom am I going to be if yeah. if I don't push the fact that I think that they need a first-rate education and not me teaching them. Yeah. I mean, so, I made a book report <laughs> So everything has a season, right? Yes. So this is the season that you are in. How, how did you, so once the decision was made, how did you prepare yourself? I don't think we did. I don't think I did. Yeah. I, we think we, I was just going and Do, doing. Are you doing an online curriculum or anything yes. like that? Yes. Um, it's called Seton. Yes. And um, it's, it's completely Catholic. And um, it's actually, I'm just now getting to the point to where I'm on a stride to mm-hmm. where I'm actually enjoying mm-hmm. it because it has handwriting and it has history and it has um, English and it has religion and it has art and all of these subjects that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. And um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I actually have to look up online mm-hmm. some ways to teach certain things because mm-hmm. I'm not a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm, Chris has to do certain things, which he hasn't stepped up to do because of his father's sickness. Yeah. So that's been a whole other set of issues. But... We've also figured out that one-on-one, the time is unreal. Yeah. They spend three hours and you've got, so, they've gotten so much work done. Yes. It's just, it's different. It is different. It's different. What advice would you give to somebody that was thinking about doing this? Was thinking, you know, hey, I've been homeschooling. I mean, I think there's probably, I can't say for myself because uh, Ellie went, my kids went back to school. And after, and we're one of the very few school districts around this area that are actually in school. And we have been since the beginning of this year. She's been in the classroom. And um, for her, that's been a really good thing for many, many reasons. Um, But I have to think the people that have been home, because a lot of the school districts around us have been virtual this whole time. Wow. Yes. And um, for those people that have been home, 
half of them are like, I can't wait to get these kids back into a classroom. And the other half are maybe like, you know what? This was jamming. This was really working. This was a good thing for my family. We're a more unitive group of people than we've ever been. And so there might be a lot of people considering exactly where you were, you know, five months ago. So what would you say? Oh my gosh. I think that, and that's, that's a really a great subject to touch on because there's so much, um, stigma with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And even whenever I was getting my hair done the other day, I heard a lady talking, um, about a family. Oh, she's one of them. She homeschools. Mm. And I probably made those judgments before Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's total ignorance Mm -hmm. and, only you and your family and God can decide what's right for your family. Mm-hmm. I All I know is that I've never been st- uh, stronger with my marriage. And I've never once looked back now and said, wow, I'm really sorry that we had therapy. Or I'm really sorry that we did this for a while. I would have been sorry if one of the girls would have gotten COVID, Mm -hmm. I would have been sorry if I hadn't had spent that time with Chris's dad. Right. And I should just clarify that your husband's name is Chris, as well as my husband, just so that they don't think we're in some sort of weird plural marriage going on here. (laughs) We both have husband's name, Chris, just going to qualify that right now. I thought of that. <laughs> uh, oh Lord! Yeah. Even... So looking back, how do you see God's hand in where you are now? Everywhere, He wanted us to trust in Him completely. Yeah, surrender. Surrender everything in the last year. Come to me. Come to me with everything, no matter what it is. The littlest thing, every single day, and. To me, I had to surrender everything. Mm. I lost friendships. I've lost different things that were important to me. But I have How have you lost friendships? I think that people thought that I was... um, I I was isolating Mm. myself and my family or... um, I wouldn't do certain things or go certain places... And that caused problems. Mm, But mm. at the end of the day, the only thing that's important to me is my family's healthy. Yes. And my husband's happy. And we're on the right track. And are you happy? Yeah, I am. I've been more happy now than I've ever been in my entire life. Wow. Say that again. I've been more happy now than I've been in my entire life. Because I'm getting okay with things. Yeah. I'm okay. You know yeah. what? If I eat it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, I can't take it with me. Yeah. And, and no one else, this last year has taught me so much about myself. Yes. None of that crap matters. Yeah. So the hard decisions that people have, I think giving people tools for what steps they can take in their mind. I had, I shared with you, I had a friend reach out to me the other day who just 
who was contemplating a life change, a, a, just a, a job decision. And for me, my story of change on behalf of my children was moving here. I had lived in Decatur my entire life, except very, for school. very, very, very invested. Very, very active. Yes. I mean, I was busier than a one-armed paper hanger, you know? I just, <laughs> I, even when I quit working right. full-time, I, I filled those moments by, you know, directing the school play and t- rehabbing the website and da, 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 and, you know, volunteering on this board and that board and doing this and doing that, and which I loved. I mean, I would rather be busy than bored any day. And you were great at those things, but... It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I don't think, I never felt like it was a lot, but when you move to the middle of nowhere and have nothing, you realize how much it was. Yes. So we had a situation where um, our middle son was getting ready to start high school and our oldest son was in high school, but in Champaign, 45 minutes away. And he was living with my sister and sister-in-law during the week and coming home on the weekends, which it's really hard to parent a teenager when they don't live in your house. And so I'm not looking forward to that that at all. That was hard. Yes. And Lou, our middle one, was just... He needed a new. He needed a change of scenery. He could not. He was not comfortable in his skin, and you know, as much as I love that the is school, so great that you recognized that. Though. Oh, well, oh my he, gosh. he he made it very clear that, I mean, he just he he was um, a July birthday, and unlike Ellie, who I held and kept her, instead of sending her. Um, we sent him through. So he was the youngest in his class, whereas Ellie is the oldest in her class. And academically, 100%, not a problem at all. Socially, a huge challenge when you only have a class of 15 kids. Yes, I, I, I can understand that. And he, he knew that going to the school that was the only choice for us in town um, was going to be more of the same. He knew all the players, and he just wasn't feeling like he fit. And it, we had dealt with that for many, many years, since about third grade through eighth grade, of him just not feeling like he fit and coming home very frustrated and never getting invited to play very often with anybody and just all these things. And it was like, I just I didn't want that for him. So between that and Charlie not being here, we were like, well, if we're if we're going to, you know, we were in the public school district in our house, which wasn't an option for us. Um, and if we were going to move to get into a different district, we might as well move closer so that Charlie could actually live in our house while he was going to high school. And so what we a en- great decision. Yeah, we met, we ended up here. What a hard decision. It was. We had Lewis go um, shadow at a couple different schools, and when he walked out of Monticello High School as an eighth grader, spent the day there, he got in the car and he goes, that's it. That's where I'm going. That's where I want to be. And he had never had a positive word to say about school in his entire life, and he was jazzed. I mean, he was so excited. And so wow, we bought a house out here, and... Um, 
Chris's dream has always been to get back out to the country. He grew up in a very, very small town and his grandparents had farm and, you know, he loves being out in the country and he wanted to do that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can do it. He's like, are you sure you're kind you're, you're a people person. Yes, can you, you are. can you be in the middle of nowhere? And I was like, sure, sure. I can do it. And we moved here. I won't in- tell you the in- crazy moving story. The highlights are we moved. The air conditioner broke the next day. Charlie had four wisdom teeth pulled the next day, and Lewis had an appendicitis the next day. So that all happened when we moved. So if you don't think God's, I'm like, okay, are we really supposed to move here, or what's happening? And then, please be done. Yes, we moved in in um, June, and in July, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and I lived prior to that a mile away from him and less than a mile than from my sister. And had we not moved when we did, I wouldn't have moved. There's no way I would have left my father when, when he right. was. Right, you would not no I would way. have not have. So wow. it was a very quick. He was diagnosed in July and gone in September. And he was a tremendous man. He was. Yes. He was. He was awesome. Um, but I realized that the... I had a lot of trepidation about moving. I left all my friends. Yes. I left everything. Well, everybody that saw you would come up to you and say, no, no, you can't go. Yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard. I was one of those people. I it, had no idea. Yeah, and I, before we bought this house, I, very much like you, the morning of your miscarriage, I, we had looked at house after house after house and nothing was home. Nothing was home, and I was getting very sad because I loved my home. Oh, your home was gorgeous. Indicator, it's gorgeous here too. Well, but we make we make our home home. Yeah. We have people out for dinner, and we, you know, it is it is our sanctuary. Our our home, we, you know, our church is our home. You know, we make it a home church. It is just, you know, I'm not saying I don't go to church. I'm just saying, no, you know, I what they, that. whatever that saying is about making, you your know, church is, starts yeah. at home. Yes. So. I knew I had to have a certain feeling and we weren't, we were on the point of almost building a house, which is, if anybody knows me, is my worst nightmare. I I do not want to make that many decisions ever, ever, ever. (laughs) I don't really care what the light bulb switch looks like. I don't care. Don't make me choose that. Chris, on the other hand, would (laughs) love to do that. But anyway, so we sat outside in the driveway. It was pouring down rain. And I said a prayer in my head. I said, God, if I am supposed to be here, show up in this house. Wow. And I walked in the door and the house was, of course, in tip chop shape. It was Lent. And I walked in and there's a crucifix on the wall and there is a rice bowl on the counter. No, oh, that's neat. I just got chills. And there's the whole CCD schedule mapped out for all their kids on their calendar. And there's Bible verses on walls. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of them, the couple that we bought the house from who got married the same day, the day after us. You're kidding. Yeah, this, but the day after a year later, which is my sister and her husband's anniversary. And the boots that I had on were sitting in the closet. And I you said, can't okay, that up. no, you, you can't. And that you, what else do you need? Yeah. What, what more do you need? And because the market here is so crazy, 
we bought the house standing here on a handshake that day. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> we were like, we hadn't sold our house. Oh my goodness. Um, that's even more exciting. It was, it was nuts. But the hindsight, the perspective of that incredibly difficult choice was when my dad died and I, I experienced a year of grief like I've never experienced because when my mom died, we still had my dad. And when my mom died, she had been so tormented by, um, a dementia disease for so long that it was, we lost her a long time before we lost her. And so there was almost rejoicing. It was very hard to lose our mom, but it was really different with dad because you become an orphan when both of your parents are gone. Yes, you do. You do. You depend on your parents. You do. Yeah. And who do you call? Yes. And so the hindsight of it, and, and then a month or three months later, my uncle who stepped into my dad's role for me died as well at 63 years old. So I had testing your faith. I had a year of insane grief, but had I been back where I was, I would have been shoved. shoved. I would have continued doing, 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 doing. And what does Jesus do anytime he needed to talk to his dad and get close to God the Father is he went out in the middle of the desert. He retreats. Yes. And God put me in this place to retreat and to really get close to him and to process. And I think that God, we have to remember when we're making these tough choices, because did I feel anxiety? Heck yes. Oh, I know. know, Right? Yes. Was I scared? Yes. There's no, sometimes decisions, there isn't a great decision. No. For everyone. And you just have to, if you surrender it to God, God will bring fruit from it. He will. He will. Even the hardest situations. And I I read this thing the other day. I I have this, um, it's called Living with Christ. It's the daily readings. And, okay, I've got to put my cheaters on because I can't see without them. I'm that old now. You're not that old now. I am. I wear contacts. The psalm for that day was, to do your will, O God, is my delight, which I don't know about you, but... Coming from Holy Family and the Kids Mass, when I hear that, all I can hear is, Here I am, Lord, here I am, Lord, I have come here to do your will. <laughs> That's here all I can I hear. Am, Lord, here I am, Lord. <laughs> but it says, I have two reactions to, to, to today's psalm. On one hand, I completely agree that when we live in conjunction with God's will, we will find peace. But on the other hand, knowing God's will is sometimes difficult. Oh, is it ever? Many of the important decisions we have to make are not between right and wrong, but between courses of actions that appear equally valid on the surface. When confronted with a difficult decision, a friend of mine prays that God will increase her desire to do whatever God's will is for her. She tries to have no preconceived notions about what she thinks is best, but be open to God's promptings. And slowly but surely, she says the best course of action for her emerges. And then she wonders why she didn't see it all along. As the t-shirt logo says, life is a journey, not a guided tour, but with God's grace, perhaps life can be both a journey and a guided tour. 
So wow, that just spoke volumes to me. I agree. It is. It's so true. And it's, I mean, not that you're going to not be attacked during those trials and tribulations, because I think that's whenever the devil gets at you even more, whenever you are going through hard times. I went through it in the last year. The ups and downs were were absolutely horrible. Mm. But I think I wouldn't appreciate what I have now if I hadn't had those hard times. Yes. So, well, God comes through our challenges, right? What did, yeah. what did I, I posted the other day, a quote from Bishop Barron that said, our challenges are God's entry point. So when you think about yes. something that is a really hard decision, you almost have to, I, I love the imagery that there is just a thin veil between this world and the next. And I feel like those challenges are the crack in the veil of God trying to put his hand out to us and say, all you have to do is take my hand and I'm going to get you through this. But we have to, we are the New Testament people. Yes. We are the people that have to, all we have to do is say, yes, just like Mary. Just like Mary. Her fiat. I love that. I love her fiat. The... What did my sister say in the last time? And she's, um, the quote from Mary is, let it be done unto me according to your will. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Let it be done unto me. Not let me do your will, but let it be done unto me according to your will, which is totally different. It's totally different. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's hard to do. That's hard to live by. So where are you today? How does it feel? I'm still um, challenged every day. I'm still pulled in different directions. I still pray about it every day because I still love the school Mm -hmm. with all of my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the people uh, with all my heart. Mm -hmm. And um, I love my parish and my church Mm -hmm. with all of my heart. Um, So I'm still, it's still a difficult decision. But for right now, we are fine where we are. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like what we said before we started and the difficult decisions, you have to make the choice every day. Yes. You have to get up and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I have come here to do your will. <laughs> and some things aren't worth fighting over. And some things are worth fighting over. Um, especially with my spouse, I figured out that, mm-hmm. um, this was a journey for our marriage, mm-hmm. um, that we really needed to take mm-hmm. that prepares us for the next mm-hmm. 30 years. Hopefully. Have you ever heard the song broken together? No. So well, good? it is, I think it's, oh. I would be bad if I quoted the wrong people, but I think it's Casting Crowns, Broken Together. Ooh. And it is about a husband and wife being broken, but being together. And I highly suggest it. Okay. it. It will fill your spirit. It will fill your spirit. And just a side note that on our 20th wedding anniversary, my husband sang it for me and made me a video of him singing that song. So. Oh. Yeah, I'll show it to you okay. later. Awesome. But, well, Heather, I, I feel like Chris, we could talk for I know. hours. I think my Chris never sings anything to <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, honey. 
Let's end with a little prayer. How about that? Father God, gosh, you're good. You are so good. You've let the sun shine today amidst the gloominess of the winter, and you've brought friendship into my home. And I thank you for Heather and for Chris and for Gracie and Frankie and for the blessing uh, that they are on this journey together. And I ask you to just continue to surround them and bless them and let angels guard them and have a hedge of protection around them at all times. And thank you for my family. And thank you for the choice. And thank you for the tough choices. Thank you for allowing me to find you in the tough choices. We ask that you always continue to light the way for us. And be with all those who are listening. Be with all those unspoken prayers. And allow us to surrender to your your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I come back. Oh, do you care? I would love for you to come back. (laughs) Talk about other things. uh, We've got other things to talk about. Uh, Nine-year-old girls, how about that? (laughs) Uh, I'm getting the book. I'm getting the book. (laughs) I have two. (laughs) They will start at the same time. Oh, no. Well, this has been Virtually Faithful podcast number four, and it's just been a joy. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for having me, Catherine. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Virtually Faithful podcast today. If you liked what you heard, subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts now. I'm also on Spotify, or you can find me at honestlygirls.com. And if you want to join us in prayer, find us on Facebook on the Virtually Faithful Facebook group. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.